Welcome backstage. Uh, I'm here to interview Black Sabbath. I'm a journalist. VIP only. Groupies sleep with rock stars because they want to be near someone famous. We're here because of the music. We are band-aids. Are you jumping or am I undermedicated? You're listening to Backstage Pass with Meredith Marks. I'm with the band, okay? This is a big time comedy production. with Meredith Marks. I'm your host, Meredith Marks, and it's episode 14, and this is a really cool episode, you guys, because we are diving headfirst into everything KISS. We have a lady with us, and this is exciting, super exciting, and she does not know this, but we launched in June, and every guest so far has been a man, and she is our very first female guest. Please welcome the amazing Lydia Chris. Hi, everyone. Hello. How are you doing? Welcome. We are so excited to have you. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, you you wrote this book. You, uh, if people don't know, you were married to Peter Chris of Kiss, and you wrote this book sealed with a kiss. And it is, uh, well, it's 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 big. I got to tell you, I have this hardback copy, and it's like 373 pages of juicy detail in very small print in very small print so there is a lot of information if you get this book guys sealed with a kiss um trust me you're going to have a lot of information in front of you and i try i couldn't even make it through the whole entire book before this interview i'm still i'm still in the middle of it because there is just so much detail uh but give us a little inside first of all about why you wanted to write this book well, actually, I didn't want to write the book. <laughs> um, I used to go to KISS conventions when they were called conventions. Now they're called expos. Uh, and I used to bring my scrapbook with me just to, for the fans to see. You know, I used to sell stuff, wow. but I used to have like uh, just my scrapbook there. And I used to have uh, a girl watch it for me so that they wouldn't steal the scrapbook. And everybody just loved the scrapbook. And they kept saying, you've got to do a book. You've got to do a book. Now, I'm not an English major. I am I was a photographer. Um, actually, when I was with KISS, it was a photographer with a very cheap Instamatic camera, a, a Kodak, a $20 camera. <laughs> and then eventually when we went to Japan, I got the, the better camera. Yeah. But I was not prepared. To, to, I didn't know how to do a book. And then then people in the business started asking me to do a book, and I still said I didn't know how to do it. Then a guy, I was, I, believe it or not, I was on the Long Island Railroad, and somebody recognized me and came over to me and said, I'm a producer. I mean, I'm a publicist. And he says, and I, would you want to do a book? And I said, yeah, if you, if, you, if you guide me through it. He goes, oh, definitely. Well, you know, we'll, we'll do everything for you. So I kind of, you know, was talked into it by him. And I got all my stuff. He came over. He looked at what he wanted, what he didn't want. Um, and it was boxes of stuff. So it all had to be scanned. So I brought it all to his uh, apartment. And uh, he eventually, I guess, sent it down to my friend and my dear, dear friend in Baltimore, 
Dave Snowden. Yes. Dave, you know Dave. I know right? Dave very well, yes. Yes. Dave is is probably one of the most efficient guys I have ever met in my life. He sure is. <laughs> and he, he scans everything but was never paid. Now, my pu- publicist, or not, not publicist, my publisher, went out of business. He claimed bankruptcy, oh, uh, and it took me about four years to get my stuff back. Oh, wow. And when I did get it back, I was... At that point, I had already done my manuscript, so I said, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I got the, everything scanned, so now I have to find people to work with. And, of course, I chose Dave, and I paid him for what he didn't get paid. And um, and I, I hired other people. I hired an editor. I hired a design guy. And uh, I actually worked with four guys around the country. One was in Tampa, one was in Oklahoma, one was in Baltimore, and one was in Seattle. And um, I, when I finally decided, when I finally, it took me about a year to get it all together. You know, I had to do, to raise the money, you know, because it's not, it's not cheap doing a book. No, it's uh, not. To raise the money, I basically, uh, I had an auction on all my kiss stuff. And um, so that, afforded me to do the book and that's when I started doing it little by little and luckily one of my edit two of my editors actually were um they had already done a book themselves so they kind of guided me through everything and um I mean I told when I finally decided on who I was using I had to interview a few people to do my editing a few people to do uh the, the design and then when I finally decided, I told my family, you're not going to see me for about a year. <laughs> so, and don't. And if you call me, phone calls are limited to 10 minutes. And, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, I'm a, phone, I'm a phone person. I could be on the phone for two hours and it's no big deal. Um, so it was unusual for, for my family to have to deal with that. And um, but I would I would do my, you know contact my get my stuff together I'd contact my guy out on the west coast and because he would be up the latest and uh, I'd be able to talk to him at three o'clock my time which is only 12 his time and then at three o'clock my time I'd be ready to go to sleep and about four o'clock Dave Snowden would wake up and start emailing me stuff (laughs) (laughs) so it was like you know before he went to work and uh so I would continue to 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 edit my stuff and kind of, you know, work on the book. And I'd finally get to sleep when the sun came up about seven in the morning. And then I'd sleep until about two and then start all over again. I so mean, it, it really is, uh, it is, it is an overabundance of information, but that's so cool for people that are major kiss fans and they're, you know, they, what they call it the kiss army. They are out yeah. there and they live and breathe for this stuff. But what is crazy to me is that I can't remember what I wore yesterday. And I'm looking through <laughs> this book and I know, you know, women are supposed to have um, a lot of, a lot of things stored in the mind that just come out. And if you think about things and I can't, I mean, I, there's things that I don't remember from my marriage. I mean, to be honest, and I'm looking through this and I'm going, the, the, the facts and the details that you give is just astonishing to me. And so I know that you sat and you had to like take time over a year. Um, were these things that like when you looked at some of this memorabilia and these pictures, I mean, 
did it come easy to you to say, oh, that was totally 1978. This was at this club. This was with, with this person. How, how difficult was that for you? Well, well, uh, a lot of it I did remember when and where. But as a photographer, you're supposed to label everything on the back of the photo. Mm. So I would have, you know, all my photos. If there were slides, they were in a slide fold, you know, slide sheets. And you'd put on the top the, the, the venue, the date, and whatever else you needed to put up there on the top of the slide sheet. Uh, on black and white, there was always written on the back when, where, who it was and when it was. Uh, so that made that easy. But I also kept records. I'm, I was a bookkeeper. Um, when I was when I went to high school, I I went for secretarial studies and I got bookkeeping one year. I mean, I was a stenographer. I was a, a I was secretary to the vice president of Abercrombie and Fitch at one mm-hmm. point. Yeah. I saw and, that. Um, and I but I when I had the one class of bookkeeping, I fell in love with it and I changed my whole um, my whole career, I basically wanted to be a bookkeeper. And so I got a job, believe it or not, I was already working at Abercrombie when I was when I graduated high school. But I got a job as a record keeper at Abercrombie, I used to keep records, which is nothing. It's it's just if a gun is sold, who it's sold to and the serial number and everything. But it's a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm good for is detail. And, and I also kept some books at home, not not actually for Kiss, but more for when before Peter was in Kiss. I used to keep a record of all of his gigs, all all the shows he ever played, how much he made, uh, who got paid what, if the roadies got any money, what you know, where the venue was, where you know, like it, it was. I have this little composition notebook which I do have a picture of in the book, and that yes, I me. saw that. That helped me, and then um. Just, I do have a good memory. I really do. I mean, not now because I'm getting older, but at, I told him, you know, please let's do this while you're not, I'm not uh, signing, doing book signings in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to get it over with. Before you, know? you go senile, Lydia, we need all of the right. details. So I'm glad you put the dirt down now, you know, before right, you lose right. it. <laughs> you know what I loved the most about this book? Wow. And I've always been a Kiss fan myself. Um, going through this book and I'm just watching just your whole love affair with Peter and it's so cute just to see the development of this relationship and how things came to be but I'm looking through it and I'm like she is adorable I love her fashion I love seeing all the pictures of you and your cute little hats and your little dresses and your little rompers and things it's just it really is adorable it's kind of like it it really is a time warp so you know you know for for people you know really for people that are looking for uh you know going back in time and looking at this and seeing things that they have never seen before these pictures I mean it really is unbelievable it's cool yeah well my mother was a seamstress so she could make anything for me she made my wedding gown she made um a lot of my outfits um I'll never forget on my 21st birthday she made me a green velvet outfit it was pants and and a, a long jacket since cinched at the waist and big, you know, like puffy sleeves. And, and I, I'll never forget. I was in a club and Jimi Hendrix wouldn't stop staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, it's gotta be the outfit. It's gotta be the outfit. And, but my mother would make a lot of the stuff and actually she made a lot of stuff for Peter too. 
Um, and a lot of my family used to say, where did she get that outfit? And, and you know, but they all, they didn't know my mother was making everything. And they used to call me the dark haired Stevie Nicks because of all the different, you know, kind of cool clothes. What do, did you save any of those outfits? I'm curious. Do you have those? I have some of them, but some of them I actually sold in the auction. Oh, okay. Uh, but I do have friends that bought them. So, like, well, I, I've I've made friends with. There's my outfit is actually sitting in in a glass case in in Australia. One of my outfits, and uh, and I know the couple that owns it. So it's like I really feel good that they have it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's yeah. funny, you're going you're going through this book and you're reading all of these details and you're seeing all the way up, you know, through the 1970s and you come to page 193 and you go, whoa, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Peter and, and Lee Kerslake, the Uriah Heap drummer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Naked, yeah. naked in this picture, but things are covered, you know, and tucked in. Um, certain places, Uh but it's hilarious because you're not expecting it. So you threw a couple of (laughs) curveballs in here where when it's good placement too, Lydia, because you know you're just going through this book and you're going la da da, and you go and you whoa, hello. Um, (laughs) You know the funniest thing my editors (laughs) made me do that though. Oh, it's hysterical. They, um, you know, they had seen the photo and they said, oh, we got to make that a full page. <laughs> now, does he have any I have picture? I have a picture of me. Uh, oh, yes. With... Covered with your cat. Yeah. Yes. We yeah. saw that, and too. I, you know, I figured if I could do it for, to him, I could do it for me. And also there's a picture of Ace. Yes. I saw Ace as well. So with with the rocket, with the rocket on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It really is. Now, did you have any um, headbutting with Peter over this book? Believe it or not, Peter uh, never mentioned anything. Uh, we were at Villa Coins Memorial and I asked him if he saw the book and he said yes. And that's all he said. And um, then uh, he was at, at points. I was surprised. I would see that he had signed my book. And, you know, because fans bring it to conventions where he's at. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, I think it was maybe about a year ago, he, he decided um, that he wasn't going to sign my book anymore. I don't know. You know, it doesn't bother me. Right. <laughs> I don't care. It's yeah. the fans that get hurt. Absolutely. Tell me about Beth. Okay. Beth is, all right. Beth was a song not written for me. Okay. It was originally written for a girl named Rebecca Brand. Okay, Rebecca was married to Mike Brand. Mike Brand was the rhythm guitar player of Chelsea. Chelsea was the band that Peter was in before Kiss. Okay, it was Chelsea, then Lips, then Kiss. Okay, mm-hmm. but Ch- Lips was like some of the people from Chelsea. So they went. Two of the guys went with them, and they, they there was a there was a threesome, and I think they got some other guy somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that 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 was Lips. But anyway, Chelsea. It was written for Rebecca, and we used to call her Becky. So uh, it was Beck. Beck, I hear you calling, but I can't come home. She used to call the studio every night. Mike, when are you coming home? Mike. I mean, she was a sweetheart, <laughs> and I got along great with her. She was a, you know, she was a teacher. So you know, I I I admired her, but she was I just met newly married, as I was the the rock business as 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 much as I was used to it I would I wouldn't call Peter and you know bother him at a rehearsal mm-hmm. and she used to always do that mm-hmm. so they the the two guys that left Chelsea which was Stan Penridge Mike Brand no Mike Mike Benvanga and Peter 
They were the, in Lips. And I think it was when they were in Lips that they wrote the song Beck. Now, eventually Peter presented it because he wanted to, you know, when, when, you, when you write a song, usually you sing it. And Peter wanted to sing a song. I mean, they gave him Black Diamond, which was nice. Right. Uh, but Paul Stanley said, if I give you Black Diamond, you have to give me your wife for the night, which, was, you know, they used to rib him, you know, joke with him all the time. And um, and then uh, so they gave him that. And I think they gave him one, another song. I'm not sure what it was. But but anyway, he wanted his own song. And when he presented it to them, they said, no, this is a ballad. We're not a ballad band. We're a heavy metal band. And Bill Coyne talked them into doing it. But once they decided to do it, they said, we can't call it Beck because of Jeff Beck. You know, we don't want the public thinking that we're in love with Jeff Beck. So I, I mean, Gene Simmons will always take credit for this, but I was in the car, I was in a limo with them. It was Paul, Gene, Peter, and I, Ace wasn't there. And I remember them talking about not being able to call this uh, Beck. So I said, well, how about Beth? And I said that because Neil Bogart's wife's name was Beth. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know, it's close. It's similar. It's one syllable. Right. You, you know, you, it's not like Lydia, <laughs> you know. So so they said, okay, that sounds great. And then when they redid it, they redid it. See, it wasn't a, that nice of a song when it was first. It's like, Beck, I hear you calling, but I ain't coming home right now. But then they made it into Bob Ezrin changed some of the lyrics and made it into a really nice song. And then I also wrote, which I never got credit for either. I wrote, uh, um, I say, I, I felt like when I finally, when Beth came out, Beth came out rather, I had just stopped working. And I said to Peter, I really don't feel like this house is my home anymore because I used to pay all the bills. And when I stopped working, I wasn't paying the bills anymore. It was, everything was being paid for by the management, you know, yeah, he doesn't yeah. count. But anyway, um, I uh, I said, I, I really feel so empty that this house is not my home. And they put it in there somehow. And, um, and then when when uh, when it became a hit, you know, they didn't want anybody to know Peter was married. So it was sort of like the John Lennon and Cynthia Lennon thing. You know, they didn't want any of the fans to know that John was married at the very beginning. So, um, you know. They, that's another reason why they didn't call it Lydia. And uh, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't care. You know, I mean, it, the, the song was a hit. It was great. You know, like that meant, uh, you know, maybe I could stop working someday. And uh, um, then all, all of a sudden where we were sitting in, um, in Detroit, we're sitting backstage. It was Gene, Peter and I, and Bill Coyne walks up to us and says, um, all right, before that, all right, I'll tell you before like, Bill Coyne walks up to us and says, you're, you're going to get the People's Choice Award for, for Beth. And they all they both looked at each other like, uh-oh, what do we do? When? When is it? He goes, it's in a week. And he says, oh, my God, in 10 days. It was 10 days. And they said, we can't do that in 10 days. We got, we got, we're booked up in Fargo, North Dakota. So I just sat there and I just said, I'll accept it. And never, ever expecting to hear Gene say, okay. Wow. I, oh my God. I literally lost 10 pounds in 10 days. <laughs> I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't <laughs> eat. I needed to do hair, nails, makeup, dress, you know, the, the works. I had to get everything together in 10 days. And, um, and I did it. I did it. And then, you know, I was 
nothing was rehearsed at the People's Choice Award. So I got up and, you know, I didn't want to wear contacts because con- I wear contacts. Now I don't wear them anymore, but I, I used to wear contacts and they used to make me frown. So I didn't want to frown. So I left them out, but I couldn't read the cue cards. <laughs> so I kind of winged it and I heard I heard Kiss in the background, you know, doing Beth, you know, the music. I could hear it, but I couldn't see it. You know, I didn't know what was happening. And I finally, you know, heard them stop. I heard Peter say something, and then I started. You know, after Peter finished, then I started talking, and I said my speech. And, um, you know, I was – that was basically – I mean, I that's that's when everybody knew it was written for me because I think it was – not to clock – Dick Van Dyke. Dick yes, Van Dyke Dick said. Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. He said that was the Beth for whom the song. After I accepted the award, that was the Beth for whom the song was written. The wife of the drummer, Mrs. Peter Chris. Well, you know, well, I you watched know, that, and um, it was so cute to see Goldie Hawn, and she's always bubbly and adorable. So it was cute to see her, and I'm thinking, oh, it's tough to follow that up. But then you came on, and you're like just as adorable and bubbly. And, you know, accepting this award, um, that must have been, I mean, reading that whole story about who you're sitting with and that must have been a crazy ride for you that night. It really was. You know, I had my hair done at um, at Barbara Streisand's husband's salon. I forgot what the name of it is, but it's in the book. And uh, I didn't like the way it came out, so I redid it myself. But I had makeup guys come, you know, come to the room and do my makeup and help me, you know, there was a girl, she brought a bottle of champagne, so I'd get a little comfortable, you know, and uh, we were drinking a little bit, you know, that same bottle brought into the limo, so at least, you know, like I was caught, Bill Coin said he didn't even recognize me when I walked down the steps, I didn't know what Goldie Horn was going to give me my award, I was wondering who's going to give me my award, and when I saw her, I said, thank God, I love her. <laughs> and then when, when I went on stage, I realized she's wearing the same dress, only with the, there was like a, I don't know if you remember, there was a little knot tied on on the right side. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had it on the left side, and I think Farrah Fawcett had it in the middle. She had the same dress on also. Oh, that's so and funny. She was right in front of me, Farrah. Yes. Yeah. Was, but they were all in different colors. All yeah, you said colors. all Charlie's angels were in front of you, right? Yeah. 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 That's That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I and they didn't tell us when to walk up. You know, there was no rehearsal. There was nothing, you know, it was just all ad lib. You're supposed to know, you know, uh, when you're supposed to go up. But I'm, you know, I'm a, I was an amateur. I didn't know. Not only that, but all the people that were there, there was a lot of, a lot of the stars accept their own award for that because, um, you know, you're winning it. Right. And right. It's not like, well, if I don't win, I don't want to be there. You know, so they send somebody else to accept it for them. But that that particular award was only it was only three years old. They had this was the third one that they did. And uh, they they told everybody that who was winning was going to win. So they, they would show up. Did your family <laughs> know that you were going to be on TV that night? Did you tell them oh, to watch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The family knew. The family knew. Peter's family knew. All my friends knew. Sure. We you know, that was a. Uh, we, you know, they were all watching. But, you know, the funniest thing is because I didn't look like I normally do, because I said to, you know, one of uh, to Sean Delaney, Sean Delaney was Bill Coyne's right hand man. And he, he was the, the, the creative guy of Kiss. And I asked him, I said, should I dress 
funky like Chris, you know, like with with like Kiss did with all the studs and stuff like that in black. Mm-hmm. Or should I dress classy? He said, definitely dress classy. So I dressed classy, which I'm normally not dressed up. You know, my family never sees that. And I curled my hair, which I never did either. And all the makeup on, I totally, Bill Coyne said he didn't recognize me. Peter's sister said, who's that bitch accepting the award for kids? <laughs> <laughs> and Peter's mother goes, you idiot, it's Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I know, my own sister-in-law. <laughs> right, she didn't even recognize you. That's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, tell me, on the first few albums that the guys played on, there's been speculation, <laughs> and I just want to have clarity from you. Did all of the guys play their own instruments or did they get studio musicians in for that first album? Oh, no, they all played their own instruments. Okay. Yeah, there was, I didn't know of any studio musicians until like later on. I, I know Bob Kulik played some, you know, some, some of Ace's parts because only because Ace might have been uh, missing in action. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I know that uh, after I was married to him, I mean after I was divorced from him, Pete, um, what's his name? Anton Fig played some some parts. Anton is was the drummer for David Letterman. Oh, okay. Oh. And he also was uh, at the time he was in the coin management. He was in an coin management band. I'm not sure if it was Spider or Siren. I'm not sure which came. It was. They were either Spider first, and then they changed it to Siren, or Siren first and changed it to Spider. I'm not sure, but he he also played on some of the albums right after. Maybe Dynasty. Maybe Dynasty. Do you still He's, keep in touch with all of the guys from Kiss? Well, that's a, that's a, an interesting uh, question because I keep in touch with Ace. I see Ace every, you know, almost every time he plays New York. Um, and I, you know, I, he's, he's invited me out to the West coast, you know, cause that's where he lives now. And for the first time in about 25 years, I saw Gene and Paul just last week. Oh. I went on, I went on the kiss cruise. Okay. okay. Tell me about that. That's their, uh, it was their seventh annual kiss cruise and there will be an eighth. And I was really, really, really surprised that, um, you know, that it was as, I, I was as famous as I was. <laughs> I didn't expect everybody to know me. And uh, everybody that has my books just said to me, you have the best book, the best kiss book out there. Um, I saw Paul briefly a few times and he was always a sweetheart. We took pictures together. Um, he made sure because we the, the, the artists weren't supposed to go to the show because they were sold out. Mm-hmm. And, you know. They have two shows. That's the only two shows that are in makeup, and that's they they can only fit um, the, the the a thousand in each show, and that's um, they were sold out. But I asked Paul. I said, Paul, we're not going to be able to go to the show. Could you fix? You know, could you fix it? And he says, definitely. So he got his manager, and you know, to, to, he said, make sure that they get tickets for the show. And I think they put another row in. Because right in front of us, we was we were like right in front of in the balcony, but right in front of us was Paul Stanley's wife and family that oh, sat in front. Okay. Yeah. So um, they he they did that, and we weren't supposed to take pictures. You know, like the 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 regular all four guys in the picture, and I've never had a picture with just me and Kiss, even in the early days. So I was dying for that, and uh, you know, finally I got that. He 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 managed to you know work that out and then I was you know I was 
I said hello. I met all the family. And the, the only one I didn't meet was, I think Paul has a young son, a very young son, mm-hmm. and Jean's son, Nick. He wasn't on the cruise. But I met Sophie. I met the wives. I met. Uh, I sat with Jean for about a half hour talking with him and uh, Shannon. And um, it was just great. They treated me, you know, like wonderful. I heard Paul talking like when, when I wasn't even like in the audience. I was somewhere back in backstage or something and I heard him say uh isn't it great having jo- big John and Lydia on the cruise with us <laughs> so Aww, that's so sweet yeah so they they were really nice I did a Q&A and I did some book signings he even came to the book signing and he was he was you know like we talked for a little bit then too but uh it was great seeing all of them and of course you know the other two guys are, are real sweethearts you know they they're really nice to me you know, Tommy and and Eric Oh, well, hopefully you guys can keep in touch from now on. I hope so. Which would I be great. So. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the cruise. It was a lot of work because I'm not used to getting up early in the morning. Right. And uh, it was constantly running from one end of the ship to the other to, to catch this one in, you know, doing their gig and do, this one doing their this. I want. I saw Evan. I met Evan. I saw his show. He's a He has a great band. And um, uh, I also saw, oh, we had such fun with uh steel panther oh yeah it was great seeing extreme and nuno betancourt you know and gary sharon i haven't seen them in many many years wow and yeah so it was good to good to see them i mean i haven't seen them since their heyday and um you know i was talking to them we had an artist lounge so we were able to talk to all the artists together you know like when they were not not under pressure trying to perform well, you have yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, pictures with different people in your book. Um, you know, speaking of just hanging out with different rock stars outside of Kiss, um, tell me, you know, let's get into a little bit of uh, backstage dirt. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have a picture with Sebastian Bach, too. My brother was his tour manager for a while, so I, I know Baz pretty well. Um, uh-huh. But tell me, with all of the people that you've met, who is... Let's just say who's who's the most genuine. Oh, outside of Kiss. Outside of Kiss, who's the most genuine? Um, um, I would probably say Brian May. Wow. I mean, I love Rod Stewart, but he's a little shy. Like he's a little more reserved. Like he's taken back. Like he. But Brian May is, you know, just really a sweetheart. Uh, and, of course, I love Queen. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was he, he was great. Um, this other, I mean, Cheap Trick were great, too. You know, like, but we were on the road with them a lot. You know, they toured with Kiss. Uh, who, was I mean, the, I, who was the rock star that was the royal pain in the ass? Who was the brat? You can who, sell him out here. It's okay. Who was the brat? Let me think. Because um, I know there's a couple of brats out there. No. Yes. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. I can't think of it offhand. Uh, some of the brats. Let's see. Um, and wait, this is okay because it's like way back in the day, and they may have, you know, come full circle now. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are some I can, you know, think of once I get off this, you know, this interview. I'll think of right, plenty. Right. But uh, I know you'll be messaging me later and you'll be saying, oh, wait, I thought of somebody. I thought of somebody. Can you give me a few hints? (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, Sebastian Bach was a sweetheart. Too, yeah, so he, he's not. He's not a brat. Yeah, no, he's good. All right, let's dive into the other to the opposite sex. Oh, wait a minute, I know who. Yeah. Okay. Ted Nugent. Oh. <laughs> he never ever ever said hello to me. Wow. Never. And we were on tour with him for a long time. I mean, we were on the same tour with uh, Bob Seger, and Bob Seger was a sweetheart. You know, but Ted yes. Nugent never once acknowledged the fact that I was alive. That's because you were untouchable to him. Uh, <laughs> he had a well, different addiction in their day. Believe it or not, Peter almost got into a fight with one of his roadies because his, you know, there were, it was in Phoenix, Arizona. We were, we had like, you know, like an after show party. It was, it was at the hotel. It was, you know, it was nice and warm out. It was outdoor by the pool. There was music. We were dancing. And uh, one of the roadies asked me to dance, and I refused it because it was a slow dance. And Peter, you know, I, I mean, I'm married. I don't want to, you know, Respect get Peter it. upset because Peter's a very jealous guy. Yeah. And um, and so uh, I turned him down, and he called me a name. I forgot. I think you called me a bitch or something. Wow. And, um, Pete, you know, somebody told Peter, and Peter mm. went berserk. And, he, you know, he wanted to beat the shit out of him, and luckily – I think it was Eddie Belandis or John Hart. The security people stopped Peter, but um, he it's was amazing in- that you. That's, it's amazing that you remember the name of the security people. Well, I was just with John Hart. They you know, I mean, I, no, the thing years. is, I I love the security people because they take care of you. <laughs> but I was just with him on the boat. He was, you know, he was one of the other guests on wow. the ship. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Eddie Belandis, I stayed friends with all the years throughout. Okay. I was. I used to do uh, ex- expos with him. He used to come. You know, I used to go to Chicago. He used to meet me, and then sometimes he'd fly into New Jersey and and uh, or drive. He would drive because he he was a handicap at one point. But um, yeah, no, he was a friend of mine up till the very end. He passed away. Mm. Well, let's well, let's jump over to the opposite sex. Who? Okay. Uh, all the rock stars' wives and girlfriends. Who was the bitch? Um. I got along great with Jeanette. Um, Gene always had a different girlfriend, but the one that I do remember that he was with for a while was um, uh, Jan Walsh, and I, I I was good friends with her. We even shared a room um, when we when they first went out to California, um, and and I I liked Carmen. I used to hang out with Carmen. We you know we 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 were good friends. So I really there were no no bitches in the actual band. The, you know, the girls were, they all got, we all got along. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any bitches on the outside. Yeah, on the outside yeah. of Kiss. Who was the bitch? Well, one person that I, I don't, I, I didn't like was Patti Smith. Oh. She, um, she was at the party after the People's Choice Award. And I introduced myself and I wanted to shake a hand and she wouldn't shake my hand because she didn't like Kiss. Oh. So you, you got the Royal Patty Smith snub. Yeah. And oh, I personally wow. don't like her music anyway. Wow. <laughs> who was the uh who was the good girl? Who was the goody goody? Um you think. You mean wives and stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. Who was the goody goody? Uh, I want the oh. dirt. I'm going to get yeah, the dirt from I, you. Everybody was goody goody, <laughs> except for Patty Smith. Except she was, for Patty she Smith. was not the goody goody. Yeah. 
Who was not the goody goody? Who was the slut? <laughs> we want to well, know. Well, Carmen wasn't that. You know, she she was going out with one of the roadies, and then she um, she she left him when he had, I think he had hepatitis, and then she went out with Paul. Oh, but, but she used to she used to cheat on Paul all the time. Uh, oh, okay. I, I was I was actually for, forbidden to hang out with her at one point. <laughs> <laughs> they said you cannot hang out with her, and the, the slut of all sluts. Wait a minute, was Sean Delaney? <laughs> oh, I mean, he was my my. I loved him. I hung out with him all the time. But you know, he was gay, and he was Bill's you know Bill's um partner. And they're not they're not true to each other. They were both sluts. <laughs> but they're both gone now, so they can't defend themselves. Well, that was like well, that the was- true form of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So oh, were yeah. you around when Jean dated Cher and Diana Ross? I was around for the Cher part, but not all of it. Um, I was in, he had hooked up with her right before we went to Japan the second time. And I uh, spoke to her on the phone and I invited her to my house. And I said, you know, when you come over, I'll make lasagna. You know, I mean, everybody loves my lasagna. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I can't eat that stuff. I have to stay skinny. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, OK, well, we'll find something else for you. And it never happened. But I did meet her I met during the filming of um, Kiss Meets the Phantom. Um, she was there and I heard she waited for me to arrive because I was, you know, coming, I guess I wasn't coming with Peter because at, by that point, believe it or not, we were separated. I believe I Peter be- missed some hours on that show as well. Didn't he? Oh yeah. 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 Because of the fact that we were getting, uh, we were separated and he wasn't, um, you know, he was, I guess, so overwhelmed with Deborah, you know, his second wife, um, I don't know what, what they were, they were doing drugs probably. I don't know. That's probably what broke us up. The, the drugs, you know, um, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a goody goody, a goody two shoes. I, I, I have done drugs, but it wasn't my favorite thing. You know, I liked to drink better, <laughs> which I wasn't such a great drinker. either. <laughs> I, I understood Peter started because he was chasing the high that he wasn't getting on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. Do you talk to any of Peter's other ex-wives? No, I don't talk to, I don't, I mean, I've, I've been in touch with Deborah's brother uh, and Gigi, you know, I mean, she's, I mean, Gigi does, for some reason has a problem with me. I don't have a problem with her because she never did anything to me. Um, She uh, didn't want me at certain, I was, I was supposed to be at an expo in California. Mm Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I was talking to the guy, the, the promoter, and we came up, we figured out a date, and then I never heard from him. It turns out Peter was at that one, and I was told by someone that worked for Peter, you know, a friend of mine also, I said, you know, are you going to be working with, he says, you know, I just moved out to California. I'm go- you know, I said, are you going to be working with Peter? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the, the expo with him. I said, oh, that, and then I told him the story I was supposed to do that. He says, well, Peter could care less if you were there or not. It's de- it's Gigi that doesn't want you there. So obviously she doesn't want me there, but they, but yet she, she invites me, she invited me to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremonies. Now, 
you would think Peter would do it. No, she did it. So I actually didn't go only because I had just finished reading his book and I wasn't too pleased with him. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what you weren't pleased about because I have not read his book. I've only read yours. Um, so just, you know, quick sum of. All right. Well, there, I mean, there were a few things, you know, the, the fact that he told me, I mean, he's, he's, uh, elaborating on affairs with different girls and how what went on in the bedroom and stuff. And I was still married to him. He was, he told me that he, I mean, he said in the book that he was going out with girls in, see, I, when he was working before kiss, he was working like usually they'd work just Friday, Saturday or Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So he, I would only go on Saturday because I had a full-time job. You know, I couldn't go to clubs and stay up until four in the morning. So he would be with other girls while I was, which I didn't know. But um, now I know he said it, he'd said it in his book. And the one, the one thing that hurt me, the one of the most, you know, I mean, he said he's such a crazy nut. He said um, he said I was I wasn't when I when he first met me, I wasn't good in bed. I was I was 17. I was 18 years old. I'm You know, he was the second guy I had ever been with. Of course, I wasn't good in bed. I wasn't. I wasn't experienced. But then he said, "When I, I hate to say this, if my family's listening, don't close your ears." Close your ears, I, family. Uh, you know, he, says his, he says in his book that when we were getting divorced, he came home for a, about a month or two, and he says I gave him the best the best blowjob he ever got in his life. Oh, so wow, that's in the book. That's in the that's book. It. Okay. Yeah, one thing he did say is I I kept a clean house. Yeah, because every Friday when he's out with other girls in clubs, I'm cleaning the house. (laughs) After my job, that was my thing. Friday night, I would clean and just listen to albums over and over again. Well, you don't want to read Peter Chris's book because it just talks about Lydia cleaning the house. You want to read Lydia Chris's book, which is sealed with a kiss, um, because it has a lot of more juicy details in there and well, good, yeah. like good, good, like quality and pictures, pictures and just memories. I love it. I'm telling you, yeah. I've got it in front of me right now. I'm skimming yeah. through it the whole time we're talking, and it's just great. Yeah, the other thing about Peter's book is I went through the. I read the book and I read it with a with a pink highlighter. All the things he had wrong, you know what it is. And he said he changed the names of the people to protect, the, you know, the, the names of the people that were changed to protect the innocent. So, but the thing is, a lot of the people he spoke about, and he had the stories wrong. He spoke about are dead, so they can't defend themselves anymore. Like Stan Penridge, Bill Coyne, Sean Delaney, um, you know. That so. Um, I, I, I highlighted everything. And, I, and it also seems as though he waited for my book to come out. His book was supposed to come out 10 years before mine. And it never, it never, never happened. And then he waited for my book to come out so he can kind of get some of the facts back in his brain because he's not, he's not good. He, he doesn't have a good memory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have an incredible memory. His is very questionable. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing these days besides hopping on the Kiss Cruise. Okay, I'm basically I'm I'm still still selling my book. Um, uh, I always have something to do. I'm on the I'm on the computer. I, I do answer some fan fan requests, you know, like messages and stuff. And um, I um, 
you know, I have a boyfriend that I've been with for 15, 16 years now. Wow. And so we're together at times, you know, he lives, we don't live together, but we, we, we see each other a lot. And uh, basically I'm just enjoying my life. You know, I do, um, I, I do the family thing and, um, I have a kitty cat that I absolutely adore. And basically I'm, you know, I'm retired. I'm, you know, I'm, and Not you're in you're, you're in New York. I live in Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love your accent, by the way, because it just brings me back home. Because my mom uh, and her family are from Brooklyn. Oh, really? We're in Brooklyn. I don't know. <laughs> oh, because that's where I was born and raised. Oh, wow. Yeah, I lived in Brooklyn until I was seven until 1975. I was going to say till I'm 75. No, till 1975. That's when Peter and I moved out and we moved to uh, Manhattan. Then we moved up to Greenwich, and I, I never sold the house, but I moved back to Manhattan and rented it, and then I moved back to the house, and then eventually I sold it and uh, moved back to the city. I've been in this apartment for 32 years. And were, so, you, there, were you there during 9-11? Yeah. 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 I, was, I, I live right across the street from Central Park. I don't live on Central Park, but I live with, with, like right at the top of the block. So you were so there. I, you were like you were in the city when that all happened. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. I bet. I mean, I did. I actually did go down there. They at one point they wouldn't let you go south of 14th Street, but then eventually they they let you go down, and I was right there. Uh, I took a few pictures of, uh, you know, but it was so it was so eerie. Everything it was so silent. It was mm-hmm. like nobody was talking, and just everyone was just looking, looking at the the damage and. Uh, and there was, you know, there, it was strange. There was a shoe store that was closed, but there was, you know, shoes in the window. But the, the shoes in the window were covered with white powder. Mm-hmm. Like the door wasn't even open, and yet they got the powder got through, you know, to all to all the shoes in the window. It's like it was just such a strange, strange thing. And one thing that was one thing that was really good about, I mean, that really good that came out of it was that New Yorkers were, were together. We were, we bound, we binded, you know, we were, we, I mean, everybody was just trying to help everybody else get through it. I mean, it was such a shock. I mean, you know, I mean, I cried for days. Um, I, I, I couldn't, you know, th- there were times where you wouldn't hear a plane fly over New York at the beginning. And it was like so eerie, but there were candles all over everybody's uh, property and in the park and on stoops. And I mean, it was just, everybody just bonded. We just all bonded. I mean, the lady upstairs gave me a a flag pin, you know, like I didn't have any relatives that died, you know, in, in the, in the world trade center. But, um, and I really didn't know anybody that did, but yet you still felt like you did. Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't just like New Yorkers because, you know, I have friends and family that live in New York as well. But it was like the whole world really just came together to lift New York up. When, 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 we, heard, when we heard France singing the Star Spangled Banner or America the Beautiful, one of those songs, or the Pledge, they were doing something, we just mm-hmm. cried. Yeah. We cried. Yeah. I, mean, I was out one night. Um, no, actually, that was for Katrina. No, that was, I'm wrong. But I, everybody just gathered whatever they could, like, to, and brought it. There was a, you could bring it, at one point, you could bring it to the Hard Rock Cafe. You could bring anything that was, that you think that they could use down there. And I brought, 
you know, some medical supplies. I brought saline and uh, gauze pads, and I just had a lot of that stuff at home. And I, you know, brought it. And then I went to my favorite supermarket, and I see a guy ordering like five pounds of ham, five pounds of cheese. I'm going, are you bringing this down to the World Trade Center? He goes, yep, I want to feed them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's amazing how people's hearts just open up. It is. It's it is. unbelievable. And yeah. people just band together. It's, it was a beautiful thing to actually watch. Um, so out of sadness came unity. You know, my, my brother worked. My brother was a court officer. So he worked in the courts down there. And he said he was walking up the steps about quarter to nine, right before he had to be to work. And he said he saw this plane. He was holding his coffee. And he's standing on the steps looking. He said, boy, this plane is flying pretty low. And he's, by the time he got up to his office, it had hit. Mm. He was the last one we could contact. We couldn't reach him. All the family knew that everybody was okay except him. He was guiding people over the bridge after the whole ordeal. Wow. So he was still working up until like 9 o'clock at night. Wow. And we reached him because in those days, I don't, we didn't have cell phones. I don't think I had a cell phone um, I'm not sure, but I might, I don't, I might've, but, but I know he probably didn't. And, um, you know, we finally reached him when, you know, cause both, I had two brothers that were court officers. One was okay. And the other one was, was the one that was, you know, working. So he, um, took him a while for, to get back to us to tell us that he was fine. You know, I mean, I got calls from, um, people in Italy that I had just met when I was there, um, earlier that year. I got calls from, uh, I have a penthouse in, in Hong Kong. She called on oh, Malaysia. She, I don't know if she was in Malaysia or Hong Kong at the time. She called me. and I never got a call from her. She called me to see if everything was okay. I mean, it's just, um, it was a heartbreaking, heartbreaking situation. And, and you know, Puerto Rico is, is heartbreaking right now in Houston. And, you know, everything that happened in Miami, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It is. It's it crazy. Is. It is. The world is just, I mean, every time I'm, I'm afraid to listen to the news, you know, it's like if they're not running people over intentionally, it's it's unintentionally. It's an accident. But it's, you know, I think the world has to slow down a little. Yes. Big time. And that's yeah. why we I mean, so many people turn to music to get through. Music has always gotten me through my heartaches. Always. Music, music family and friends. That's what gets me through my heartaches. Tell me, outside of Kiss, who is your go-to band uh, artist? Who do you love? Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. Yep. I love him, too. Rod Stewart's my favorite ba- uh, solo artist, and Queen was my favorite band. I mean, Freddie Mercury had the best voice in the business. Mm-hmm. Another heartbreak. When he died, I was in Spain at the time, and he died the same day as Eric Carr, and Eric Carr was another sweetheart. <laughs> the drummer that replaced Peter. Yes. Yeah. Um, I knew he was sick. Um, I just didn't know he was that sick. And same with Freddie. I knew Freddie was sick, but I didn't know he was that sick. And, uh, you know, they both died the same day. And um, um, I, I was with my, my boss, and she called the office to see you know, she called every day to see what the new, you know, what was going on. And they, we knew Freddie died, but she found out through the phone call that Eric Carr had died too. So, you know, that was another. 
There's Another just so many. Race. There's so many people that we've lost, um, that is just, especially in the past year or two, um, that are just. It's heartbreaking, and you never know. You never know what life is going to throw at you. I know. So it's a scary thing, and you just have to That's love the people. That's why you have to enjoy it while you're here. Yeah. You know, it's scary getting older too. You know, because you know you don't have that. Isn't you know you don't have that when you're young. You want to be old, but when you I, and they we always used to hear youth is wasted on the young. You know, but now I know what they mean. It's true. It's true. Yeah, because so you know. True. It's, well, I well, want to thank you for coming on our show tonight. Um, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. You are a complete doll, and we, we've uh, loved having we, you. So are you. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. And, and uh, I'm the first girl. You are the <laughs> first. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Our first female. We're yeah. so, so happy to have you. That's uh, great. And great. anybody that's, that's, that's looking for a Christmas gift or a Hanukkah <laughs> gift, you know, or any kind of gift. Oh, I'm having a sale. You're having I a should, sale. Tell it. Tell us all about your sale. Yes. I'm having a Cyber Monday sale. Mm-hmm. So the day, so I guess it would be Monday, this Monday coming, the 27th. Yes. Um, it's on sale, uh, signed or unsigned. It's 30 bucks plus the postage. And I will write anything you want me to write as long as it's clean. And, um, I know you'll enjoy it. Get it for your husbands and, and and the girls that buy it for their husbands or boyfriends. Make sure you give me their name. Um, even if you send me a separate email, uh, if you can't find a place to put it in the order form. But um, because I know most of the girls I have to get back to uh, and ask them who they want it. And it's usually for a guy. So but it's um you know, I mean, I have had girls buy the book for themselves, which mm-hmm. is very nice, too. But it's usually guys that want the book. And then and, and it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's a shared it's a coffee table book. It's um, most people. I mean, I've had my relatives tell me that uh, their their cleaning people have seen my book on different coffee tables. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they know it's a hit. It is. It is. Give the uh, website. Where can they go? www.lydiachris.com. Okay. You heard it here first from, from the uh, first lady of rock and roll. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm the first lady of kiss. That's for sure. Yes, you are. (laughs) I was the only one at one point, you know, like none of the guys were married or none of them had girlfriends even at that one when I first, when I first met kiss. So I was the only married one, and I kind of knew when to keep my mouth shut, you know. <laughs> you were officially the Band-Aid. You were the Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why the guys still like me. I think, you know, they acted like they liked me, so I'm sure they do. You yeah, know? sometimes people lose people in divorce, but overall, it's, you know, divorce is messy just unto itself, and then people get out, people get over it that are outside yeah, of that. But that was probably the hardest thing about my divorce you know I mean it's hard losing Peter and losing your lifestyle but losing the people that were his friends his family and both of our friends some of them you know like I I really didn't get in touch with Kiss right away it took a while before I kind of hooked up with Kiss again I'd say that it took maybe four years before I hooked up with Ace again and 
uh, Ace and Jeanette. And then then after that, you know, it was little by little, I'd see them in different places. And, uh, you know, now hopefully, you know, I, I'm, I'm back in, in, in their good grade. Well, I, I think every every guy that knows Gene, that works with Gene, tells me that Gene always talks highly of me. <laughs> so so that's, 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 he says, um, she's family. So yeah. I, you I am are. the first. You I, are family. Because that I does am. not go away. Yeah. And okay. this book shows that it's a, it's a lot of love in this book. It really is. It truly is sealed with a kiss. Yes. It yes. is. Lydia, I, Chris, thank you so much for coming on our show. We just love you so much. Come back sometime. Okay. Meredith, and you know, we'll hope good luck with, with your, with your uh, show. Thank okay? you. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome. That was a fun conversation with the queen of Kiss, the first lady of Kiss, Miss Lydia Chris, talking about her book, Sealed with a Kiss. It's juicy. It's rich. It's thick, man. I'm telling you, great coffee table book. You're going to be spending a lot of time. If you are a Kiss Army fan, here we go. You're going to love this book, Cyber Monday. Make sure you hit her up, LydiaChris.com. All right, we've come to the part in our show that is called Local Flavor. And Local Flavor is spotlighting a band out of the Maryland area and they have to be original and they have to be from Maryland. And I've picked a very special band tonight. Here's why. There's a band out of Annapolis called Jimmy's Chicken Shack. We're going to hang with them later, uh, probably next, early next year. And it consists of several members, one of whom is Jimmy Haha, the lead singer. And the guitarist for Jimmy's was Double D, also known as my ex-husband, and the father of my twin girls. So Jimmy not only is the lead singer for Jimmy's Chicken Shack, but also for the Jarflies and for Mend the Hollow. And what he's done is he's brought Double D into Mend the Hollow. And he and Double wrote a song called 40 Till Five. I wonder what that means. Inquiring minds want to know. Hmm. It's Maryland. It's local. It's Baltimore. It's local flavor with Meredith Marks.
Men the Hollow with 40 Till 5, written by Jimmy Haha and Dave Dowling of Jimmy's Chicken Shack, and now Mend the Hollow out of Annapolis, Maryland. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Uh, we are going to talk with Jimmy's in 2018 and get the scoop on what they're up to. But thank you so much to my guest, Lydia Chris, for coming on. It was so much fun chatting with you. We had a great time, so hopefully you'll come back on again. And a very special thank you to David Snowden Productions. We appreciate you hooking this interview up tonight. You're a great friend of the show, and we appreciate you. It is Thanksgiving here at Backstage Pass. We give thanks for this show. We give thanks for you guys listening that make this show possible. It's amazing that we launched almost six months ago, and our guest list is just continuing to grow. And coming up, we've got episode 15 with the one and only Jersey boy and love of my life, my uncle, Frankie Valley. So come on back and hang with me and Uncle Frankie. You've been hanging backstage with Backstage Pass and Meredith Marks. Now get your ass off the tour bus. This is a big-timing comedy production.